Hello, hello, and welcome to the 68th episode of the Non-Player Character Podcast, a video game podcast with character. I am your host, NPC Paul, and I have a very special guest with me today. She is one of the biggest fans of Destiny I have ever known, and she know, she is just a Twitter and social media master, somebody who, sh- who really should be... Uh, <laughs> Uh, streaming herself, but I don't know. Just can't can't get. We'll we'll talk to her when she gets on the couch. Everybody, ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together for Katie. Katie, it is so good to have you on the show. How have you been? Uh, I would be better if there was actually a couch to sit on. Well, there is a couch. It's right there. Can't you see that you're sitting on the couch right now? It's great. I'm sitting on a metal chair. (laughs) So uh, what have you been playing this week? Oh, God. Uh, I'm back on The Sims. Nothing wrong with that. Sims is a really good game. Is it? Yeah, there's no. I mean, no, not really. The, the Star <laughs> Wars thing. We didn't even talk about that a couple of weeks ago with the Star Wars thing, um, and how they basically screwed their their community, um, and uh, you know, put out an expansion pack uh, for twenty bucks that no one asked for and no one wanted. Forty. Forty bucks. Holy shit. Okay, um, and it's not even that good. You can make lightsabers in it. I don't know if uh, our audience members know that, but uh, yeah, you can make lightsabers. Yeah, you can't even bang Kylo Ren. Yeah, which what, like what is the point? Yeah, what the hell? Well, Katie, again, thank you so much for stopping by, and uh, we're gonna take a quick break. And when we come back, our next guest is gonna be with us. Welcome back, everybody. And my next guest is I don't know one of my dearest friends. I've known him for quite a long time. He and I have worked together on uh, one thing or another. And uh, he used to be a journalist for the video game industry. Uh, we'll talk to him about that as soon as he gets on the couch. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together for Dan. Shining. It is so nice to have you here. Tell me, what have you been working on? What have you been playing? What have you been doing? You know, I don't know if you know this about me, Paul, but I it's one of my pet peeves when you have like a podcast that's like super quiet. And then it's got really loud, obnoxious music just randomly interrupting it. I totally agree. I couldn't agree with you more. It's one of my biggest pet peeves. Usually if I hear that, instantaneous unsubscribe. Yes. But uh, Dan, uh, what have you been doing? What have you been playing? Uh, Just still playing Black Desert Online, grinding (laughs) the MMO lifestyle. Yeah? Yeah. Is is that working out for you, Dan? Are you liking that game? I'm currently fishing. You can't tell. Oh, he's still yes. playing? He's That's still, an option? Of course option? he's still playing. That's an Fishing option? <laughs> yes, you can build your own, like, giant cargo. No, I don't like, care about that. The, the the whole part where I could be playing a video game while doing this show. Yeah. Oh, my God. What am I doing here? I have to go. 
so Dan, are you going to say that this is you are the best MMO uh, that you've ever played? Uh, no, I mean, it's pretty good. I'd still like, I'm a bigger fan of Ragnarok online because I'm a hidden weeb, but yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, how is the character creation in this? Cause, uh, a lot of, uh, MMOs give you some pretty crazy, like fantasy stuff. Yeah. It's actually, I think supposed to have like the best, uh, character creation for like faces and stuff. Mm. The cosmetics are still a little, um, how would I put this? Uh, fan servicey. Ah, a lot of titties. Yes. Tiggo bitties. And physics. Lots oh, physics. wow, really? Like, all the physics. Uh, freaking, uh, what's that game? Uh, Dead or Alive physics? <laughs> Not that much physics. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely a little bit. But you can play with like the character models and make things a little bit more proportional. Nice. Nice. Yeah. All right. Well, Dan, again, thank you so much for stopping by the show. It means a whole lot to us here at uh, the NPC Podcast. Um, so we're going to throw it to, to break, and when we come back, we're going to have yet another guest on the show. I can't believe it. We have so many guests today. It's so much to get to. Anyway, we will be right back. Welcome back, everybody. And uh, I'm going to bring out uh, a good friend of mine, somebody I've known for a little while now. Uh, he is uh, a mover and a shaker when it comes to social media. And also, he is getting into his own uh, video editing stuff. Uh, please give your uh, warm welcome to Leonard. I told you, Sharon. I said I ain't paying the child support. This is the last time I'm telling you. Hey, what's up, Bobby? <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm glad I'm here. <laughs> I hate my life. <laughs> COVID sucks. <laughs> Black Lives Matter always. <laughs> uh, how's it going, guys? Katie, Dan, how's it going? You old? Leonard. Thank you so much for that enthusiastic intro that you gave us. It is, um, it's a pleasure to see you. Uh, and I'm going to ask you the same thing. I've been asking everybody else to come on to this, uh, this here couch. What have you been playing? Oh, well, of course, it's a pleasure for me to be here. Definitely. Uh, it's a pleasure to be in, uh, the room with a talented person. Thank um, you. but I, yeah, hold I've, on. I've I'm sorry. Lot. Hold on. What the fuck did you just say? So, anyways, what I've been playing is... Yeah, what have you been playing, Leonard? Everybody wants to know. I'll remember that. It's all over social media. Uh, Well, definitely. Um, What I've been playing is... I've been playing, actually, a new mobile game that came out recently, and I'm very interested in it. Mm -hmm. It is called... Genshin Impact. So not only is it on mobile, but it's also on PlayStation and also PC. I'm not too sure about Xbox. Okay. But um what it's is definitely it? it's not uh, one of those idle things, is it? Oh no, not necessarily. <laughs> What's that, Dan? It's very weeby. Okay, all right. But it's a it's a very interesting game. It's pretty much uh it's, it's like that one game. Uh, I can't think of the name. Fantasy it's the Star one game Online. that Katie played and hates um, where they like, you know, you're a guy who happens to have a certain power that has to do with a certain shape. And uh, you defeat this guy. I think his name is Cannon. Cannon Horse. 
Uh, oh, it's very similar Zelda. to that game. <laughs> I can't remember exact name. I think it was called uh, Breath of the Stank. I could be wild. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. All right. So it's a lot like it's a lot like that. It's a very fun game. Like a, it's a very fun game, though. I will say, like, it's different, but it's also really fun. Um, so far, I've only put maybe like thirty minutes into it. And I'm already enjoying it. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, but besides that, I've been playing. Uh, I actually got a little bit back into COD to play a little bit of Dragon Ball Fighters as well. Nice. And I've been pretty much trying to uh, get all the stuff in Ghost of Tsushima so I can complete it. Wow, hundred percent like plat it? Nah, I ain't trying to plat. I ain't a, a trophy hunter like <laughs> okay. a certain uh, person. Like, like a few certain people on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, Leonard, it is always a pleasure. And uh, you, can you stick around for a little bit? We have a couple of things uh, left on the show for you. Uh, depends on how much I'm getting paid for it. <laughs> That's great. Almost nothing. So we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to introduce our final guest. I hope you all are ready to meet him just as I am. All right. See you then. Welcome back, everybody, and I just want to say I appreciate everybody here on the couch, but the man I'm about to introduce is one of the most talented, smartest, kindest person I have ever met, and without any further ado, please, everybody, put your hands together for Kent. What's that? What do you mean he's not here? No, 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 shut shut, cut, cut the music, cut the, what do you mean he's not here? He said he had better things to do. I, this is my show. He's dead to me. Fucking hate that guy. Anyway, so I guess I'll go with what I have been playing. Um, It's basically just Apex, although I have been playing some Divinity 2. But I've realized that the more I play Divinity 2, the more I don't want to play Divinity 2 and instead want to play Baldur's Gate 3. Dan, are you going to be playing Baldur's Gate 3? Uh, depends what comes out when it comes out finally. Um, so that's going to be at the end of this month. So you're going to have a whole month without, um, cyberpunk. To be uh, playing uh, maybe, maybe. <laughs> Did you uh, play one and two back in the day? Yes. Oh yeah. Ah, there you go. Yeah. Me too. Me too. Uh, Leonard, have you even looked at, uh, uh, Baldur's Gate three? The hell is that? <laughs> so it is uh, basically a video game version of D anD D, and uh, it's 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 pretty good. It's all right. Wow. Sounds interesting. Also, sounds like a bunch of nerds. Wow. You want to join us in adventures with that attitude? Yes. Fair enough. Because I'm a cash. <laughs> you know what that stands for? Cash money, baby. I had a feeling. Paul, you please just put in some type of rap music for that, please. Are you sure you trust him to do that? He's very white. Yes, I'm going to make him do it. I'm going to annoy him. I'm going to call him in the middle of the night and make sure he does it. But consider this. He knows a white guy that he is pretty sure is better than every rapper he's ever heard. (laughs) It's a white guy. From this town. So keep that in mind. Not from this town, but anyway. And 
I'm glad that everyone is here that is here, and anyone who isn't here is dead to me, and I'll forget them. So we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to have a whole bunch of news. And these guys on my couch here, they're going to be talking about that news with me. I'm really distracted by trying to tie this knot, so I don't know how far I'm going to get in this podcast, just so you know. Okay. So we'll see you at the end of the break. And now for another thrilling adventure of If Half-Life 3 Came Out Today! Episode 3, Train Station. Hey, did you hear Half-Life 3 came out? <gasps> what? Half-Life 4 confirmed. <gasps> and so concludes another thrilling adventure of... If Half-Life 3 came out today! Welcome back, everybody, and it's time for news. Leonard... I'm so glad you're here on the show because without you, I don't even think I could do Nintendo's news. So please, what kind of news do you have for us? I have Nintendo news. That's fantastic. You know, it would be really weird if like you had to do some sort of over the top, like impersonation of some sort of Nintendo mascot just to introduce the news section for a very specific portion of the news. I don't think that would work really well. Yeah, I don't think it would either. But you know what? I'm going to try it anyways. That was perfect. I know, right? It was amazing. I worked really hard on those. No, it shows. It shows. So, Leonard, what kind of Nintendo news do we have? Uh, Well, we basically have two things. Uh, First thing. Oh, God. Sorry, I just fell back. (laughs) Um, So the first thing is uh, Amiibos. Amiibos. Those things are still a thing. Yes, apparently they are. And apparently what they're coming out with are new Amiibos for Banjo and Kazooie. Ah. As well as um, it looks like Terry and Byleth as well. And also the guy from Persona and the hero from uh, Dragon Quest. Yeah, Joker and the hero. Uh, I know Joker has either just come out or is coming out next week. Joker came out. Joker came out. Um, So his his model looks good. I've seen it. Uh, But I don't care about Persona at all. Um, So, you know. And the hero quests, hero, hero, is also there. But I am considering getting uh, Banjo Kazooie because that uh, that changed my world back in the '64. Interesting, Dan. Dan do you uh, do you appreciate uh, the Amiibos? I think they're a cool concept. I do think they're a little overpriced for what they are. Generally, is my only kind of complaints. Right, and considering that they don't have a lot of like functionality to begin with, it is kind of weird that. Um, I don't know that that they keep coming out and that people care so much about them 
I, I just want Nintendo to do it. it, it it's <clears throat> the perfect platform to do a hundred billion countless things uh, for the games that you're playing with these characters or even without these characters, but they don't do anything. Well, I mean, it would be the perfect platform to do the Skylanders type thing, but without having the need to buy Skylanders, right? It would, yeah. It would be something that could cross-platform across, um, you know, a uh, game, basically. You could carry some things between different games by having Amiibos because it does have the ability to hold memory. Right. So. Yeah, no, they, they uh, I mean, yes, the models look really good. And the packaging is pretty for those people who care about toy packaging. The um, packaging needs to be a damn cube, though, because they are hard to display or stack. Yeah, yeah. And then they changed the packaging recently. Anyway, um, so, yeah, no, it, all of that checks a lot of the collectible boxes that you need to check. But the actual functionality, the actual use of them is non, non-existent. And it's sort of depressing. All right, Leonard, I know you got something else for me for this fantastic Nintendo news section, so please lay it on me. Yeah, um, also just a comment on what you said earlier. They do have use, and that's literally if you want to fight the hardest thing in the world, and that is in that level 99 amiibo. Right. But, um, yeah, that's pretty much if you want to go pro. Right. But besides that, on to the newest news and the biggest news. Minecraft Steve, Alex, uh, Enderman, and Zombie are all coming in Super Smash Bros. Mm. Is he now? Yes, he is. That? He's building his way in. Building his way. That's bad. I hope that's theirs and not yours. Um, okay. That was mine. All right. Well, so I am not an avid Smash Brothers player. Uh, Leonard, I don't know when the last time you played is. Literally, the last time I played was Saturday, and before that, it had been many, many, many months. <laughs> okay, so uh, have you checked out his move list? Have you? Uh, is he OP? Is he S tier? What's going on? Um, he seems very interesting. The fact that literally he can build, so uh, confirming a possible Fortnite leak. But um, besides that. <laughs> Uh, oh, no. He can build, he can fly, he can use a pickaxe. Right, right. He can, he can use a lot. Like, he's pretty much most of the stuff he does in the game of Minecraft, he can do in in Super Smash Bros. And I think he's going to have a very interesting moveset. And I would even say a lot of people, I feel like from the like a tournament aspect, might actually want to pick him up. Okay. Uh, I mean, it's... It's interesting that a Microsoft product, another Microsoft product, is sliding over uh, into the Nintendo space. Uh, it's kind of yes, nice. it is, and I'm actually very glad that you did bring that up because uh, it's almost like you almost read my mind. I did read your mind. But, I have um, that power. Continue. Oh wow! Uh, well, what am I thinking of now, Leonard? We got a podcast to do. Come on. What am I thinking? Dang it. I'm speaking to Leonard. Can we? <laughs> Can okay, but I'm, I'm curious now. You've <laughs> nice opened you you've curious. opened a whole Pandora's box here. <laughs> you're thinking, no putting it back. You're thinking that you want to talk about NPC adventures. No, actually, I wasn't. No, 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 whatever. You were. Anyway, Leonard, what were you going to say? Um, well, definitely what I was going to say was uh, it seems that we're getting a little bit more of a trend with Xbox or Microsoft, I should say, and Nintendo. 
Um, definitely because over the, I would say this, when it came to crossplay, it seemed like Nintendo and uh, Microsoft were the first to announce that they were working together with that. Right. Which, that was pretty good. I mean, a lot of people were like, okay, yeah, it's cool. And meanwhile, Sony was like, no, we don't want to do it. But then Fortnite was like, hey, we're just going to let it happen. But um, I think, honestly, this could mean that there's going to be more partnership between Xbox and Nintendo. Uh, maybe even a possible chance where we may see in the future that uh, Nintendo hardware might be actually helped produced by Microsoft hardware. That would be interesting. Um, that would have to be like a uh, whatever is like the Xbox Series Slim or whatever that's going to be uh, down the road. Uh, I could also see it going the other way around uh, where Nintendo is using Microsoft's connect- connections to build mm-hmm. the Switch to. Or even their servers, because let's be honest, Nintendo servers. Holy shit, let's hope. Right? <laughs> um, okay, so uh, that is fantastic Nintendo news. Thank you, as always, Leonard. Always a font of Nintendo information. No problem. We're going to move on real quick. Uh, to an interesting story because it seems like every other episode we have, we talk about uh, something in this vein, and that is cloud gaming. Uh, Dan, what the hell am I talking about? Uh, well, if we've learned anything, it's cloud gaming is the future and it's highly profitable. I mean, everybody just look at uh, Google's Stadia. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no one not talking about it at this point. Everybody's using it. Like I threw out my PlayStation four and Xbox because I don't need them anymore. Exactly. And yeah. with that being such a big popular thing, of course, Amazon decided to throw their hat in the market. Oh, did they now launch or at least announce Luna? Oh, I will say, um, out of Luna and stadia, Luna is a much better name. It is. Um, but it still doesn't scream gaming. Like I, I don't right. think it sounds like a platform that gamers are going to like right, resonate yeah. easily with. Like Steam is a little bit more, you know, I would say gamery. Yeah, yeah. Epic. Luna sounds like something you can name your dog. Yeah, exactly. It does. It's a good dog name, actually. Right. Um, so uh, yeah. So when you when you uh, brought this up, I was like, yeah, that is something interesting. What kind of news? Is there for it? The one thing that I wanted to bring up was the major differences, uh, at least from a prediction standpoint, from Luna and Stadia. Um, Now, Google has the Internet. They own the Internet in all rights. Um, So their connection to their customers is probably better than Amazon could even dream of. However, um, Amazon has Twitch. Google has YouTube, but Amazon has Twitch, which is specifically designed for gamers. And YouTube has gotten better over the years uh, with their relationship with gamers, but it was sullied a handful of years ago when people were jumping ship uh, like uh, so many rats um, off of a sink. I'm losing the metaphor. But what I'm saying is that uh, uh, YouTube wasn't great for gamers so much so that Facebook gaming got popular because of the failures of YouTube gaming. Um, so all that being said kind of goes with what you Dan were, were saying is, you know, 
Amazon isn't really known for games. Google kind of is. Amazon doesn't have the uh, infrastructure, uh, at least reliable infrastructure that Google does. But at least Google or uh, uh, Amazon is talking about um, games like, you know, they're they're focusing on games. They even have their own studios uh, working on games. Uh, They are talking to big publishers like Ubisoft um, and uh, Sony specifically and even Microsoft about bringing games onto their platform. Um, whereas Google Stadia still has about 60 games and most of the first party publishing games, um, are six or seven years old. Well, I, I do disagree on one thing. Like Amazon does have a really strong infrastructure because a lot of people don't know is that Amazon actually gets a bulk of their income based on their server farms. Yes. So they have the back end to do the cloud processing portion to actually run it. They don't have the ties and stuff as, you know, as you would say. Right. But they definitely have the foundation to do it. And I think that that foundation alone can set them apart. But there's also one other factor that I don't think most people are thinking about Ooh. that could actually make this very successful. What's um, How many of us actually have an Amazon Prime account? Me. Me. I do too. Me. Right. Well, what if your Amazon Prime account went up by... $2 a month. By how, how much? $2? By about $2 a month. How dare you, Dan? What would I get for that $2? Well, you would gain access to Luna. Because right now, they're only charging about $5, $6 a month for their you know launching um, platform. So if they could get those costs down to almost negligible amounts, add it onto um, Amazon Prime, like you would have everybody already having access to Luna. And yep. so your, your platform, your install base would go through the roof. Yep. Good point. Really, really good point. And um, yeah, no, you are right about the server farms. That is an amazing point. Um, I just, I really hope that Google doesn't get snippy when it comes to using their, uh, for lack of a better word, roads, um, when it comes to uh, uh, using the data uh, that Amazon is providing. Um, now, granted, they legally can't stop them, but they kind of can. Anyway, that's a that's a whole different yeah, conversation. Yeah, I mean, the corporate area, it's very much a gray area. Right, right, right. That's a whole different conversation for a completely different uh, uh, podcast episode. Um, yeah. So we're going to move on from there uh, and quickly uh, talk about um, Microsoft buying Bethesda. Uh, I don't want to talk about this for very long because the more I think about it, the more nervous I get. But uh, Katie, do you want to tell me um, what could happen to my beloved Bethesda? Oh, oh, yes. The thing that made me laugh um, was this idea that Elder Scrolls 6 could possibly be an Xbox exclusive or a timed exclusive. Uh. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about they were going to merge them with Rare and just make avatars. <laughs> I don't remember that. The The other thing that I was talking about was maybe this way we will get with Obsidian and Bethesda under the same roof. Uh, uh, they hate each other. That's never uh, going to happen. That's never but we happen. could get... It could happen. Unless there's, Todd Howard leaves the company. There's a chance that we'll get Fallout New Vegas too. 
Uh, I mean, yeah, that's something that I would like. But to be honest, my biggest worry is that, yeah, you're right. It's going to be an exclusive. Uh, Elder Scrolls is going to be an exclusive or even Starfield is going to be an exclusive. And that will cut the user base for Elder Scrolls in half for at least six months at mm, least. So listen, hmm. the. Microsoft is making some big moves on the PC scene. Like, I think it's moves that we're not paying super attention to because this is the year of a new console release. But they have been making moves. I mean, Game Pass, it does have a presence on the PC front. Now, if they made Elder Scrolls an ex- a timed Xbox exclusive, I could see them using the PC version of it as the front rather than the Xbox version. Like, obviously, they want to advertise the Xbox version, but I could see them tying it more closely with Game Pass on PC than I could see them tying it with the Xbox by itself. Yeah, no, I I, I completely agree. And this is why um, by the time... by the time Elder Scrolls 6 comes out, I will have bought a better uh, graphics card so I can run um, at, at you know ultra quality on my PC. So it doesn't really affect me. But at this, on the same token, like this, this is going to be one of the greatest RPGs ever. <laughs> I mean, Skyrim literally changed the <laughs> RPG game. I, I know you're laughing, but it actually did. Well, it's just I'm not laughing because I doubt that. I'm laughing because... Why do we think Skyrim is the greatest? Like, like yeah, it was at the time the most it was accessible. good. Yeah, it was the most accessible. Yeah, it's because they've been relaunching it for what ten years now. <laughs> yeah, and it's just like I don't know. Like the longer we go on, the more they relaunch it, the more I remember like things that weren't. We could go on about this, right? But, no, no, no. Like, I, I'm, I'm not. I'm not disagreeing. It's not a perfect game, especially when you look at it. Uh, nowadays, and and I do have my rose tinted glasses on for for that game specifically. I just don't think it's a fair comparison because it's like saying you know oh like toasters are more successful than Skyrim. It's like yes because they keep relaunching different types of toasters for <laughs> however many years. No no you no, know, no. I, I'm not saying successful as in made the most money. I'm saying successful as in popular. If you asked Joe Schmo on the street what a good um, RPG video game was nine well, times out of ten. They're going to say it's been a lexicon for how long because it's been relaunched for ten years. To, to be fair, to be fair, you ask any Joe Schmo on the ground like what the best RPG is, they're gonna first of all wonder what the fuck are you talking about. <laughs> Second of all, like like a rocket launcher, like. <laughs> right no no okay I, I i get your point you said average joshma i just you know no, i just yeah, wanted yeah. to correct that yeah i get you um but yeah no it's it's it is an iconic video game um and that is in no small part due to the fact that it was at the time 2011 by the way an amazing video game you make that sound like yes. it was so long ago it was but almost 10 years we also ago. had other amazing rpgs we had you know story driven rpgs that yeah. were arguably significantly better but skyrim like the witcher like the witcher, witcher happened four years later no witcher the um the first witcher came out before oh let's not talk about the first witcher <laughs> well i mean we could talk about the second Witcher, but we could also but... talk about bioware we can talk about mist yeah. we can talk about we can talk about jade empire we can talk about mass effect we can talk about dragon age origins right. we can talk about successful story driven games whereas skyrim wasn't really story driven it was more like hey do whatever you want which i think it does succeed in that regard but i wouldn't i wouldn't necessarily call it like you know the great i 
We'd be arguing about this all day, but I'm just right, saying. right, right, right. Okay, okay. Yeah, I, I will. I will end the conversation here because yes, we could be talking about it. Uh, well, I just but, wanted to say one thing before we did. Okay, uh, go. Going back earlier, uh, we talked about it being an Xbox exclusive. Yes, mm-hmm. I'm actually putting my money on them putting it as a Game Pass exclusive. Mm. Just 100 Game Pass exclusive. You cannot even buy it in a store. For three months, six months, whatever it is, well, because that. that's how you put that service. Oh, and that's, that is their, that's, that's like, their uh, money. That's like what Borderlands did, what they did with Borderlands 3 for like what the first three months you couldn't buy it on any other platform on PC, at least. Um, other than I could see them trying that Epic? with like, yeah, I could see them doing that with like just on any platform at all. I I can't, not for Skyrim. I can totally, totally see that for Starfield. 100%. I can see them testing it with Starfield. Yeah, yeah. But once the fans of RPGs get onto the internet and scream... You totally miss, You totally underestimate the... Or overestimate the ability of screaming fans. They've changed a lot. We have a different sonic. It's with everybody yelling, Game Pass. yeah. And I mean, yeah. I, I would see that more means. PlayStation fans leaning towards PCs more than well, no. Xboxes. But either way, Microsoft but, would win. Right, right, right. But what, what Dan is suggesting here that even PC players would have to buy Game Pass. No, I know. But I'm just, I'm just saying that would be a less offensive marketing gimmick than it would be to just get an Xbox. And as Kent said last episode... That's only it's only your game until they want to take it away from you. I mean, that's all digital content. Right, right. But I'm 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 saying like Wait, what what I'm trying to like include here is that I think that there wouldn't be nearly as much yelling as we would imagine because we're moving away from those console wars that that whole mindset because more and more people have at least a PC right. um, or they're looking into PCs. And if Microsoft gave that reason, like, Hey, you can either buy it on game pass through Xbox or game pass on PC. That would give more PlayStation players like, okay, fine. Like I don't want an Xbox. So I'll just get it on PC. I've been wanting one anyway. I'm just saying like from that, I could see that working better than we might imagine might have imagined five years ago. I Still don't see that working. Well, you're old (laughs) and you're stuck in your ways. No, no, I'm not stuck in my ways. I'm looking at the Internet, especially Reddit, who you say you You are very stuck in your ways. You say the console wars aren't happening. Look on Reddit for like 20 minutes and you will find that. But what I'm saying is, is like outside of the Internet, the console wars just aren't really a thing. Right. But outside of like anything on the Internet is still a thing. Let's be real. But outside of the Internet, the Game Pass possibility isn't really a thing. Parents aren't being told about Game yeah, Pass. But we're, they are we're being talking, told, I want Elder Scrolls 6, yeah. get me but Elder Scrolls Paul, 6. Two when, years from now. When everyone starts yelling about it being on Game Pass, it's not going to be like, oh, PS5 or Xbox. It's going to be Game Pass yeah. as the phrase that everyone's going to be yelling. Yeah. That is going to put that name in every parent's head. Exactly. It's not going to matter that okay. it's Xbox versus PS5. It's going to be, how do I get Game Pass? Oh, well, my kid already has a PlayStation, but they've been bugging me about wanting a PC. Because, like, how many how many times have you and I interact with with people who, you know, I'm shopping for a PC for my kid? Right, right, like, yeah. You know, um, okay, okay, real quick. Yeah, they're going to be like, what is Game Pass? Oh, you mean I only have to pay a little bit of a fee and they get all of these games? And I don't have to buy them games? I don't have to take them to the <laughs> store? Oh, 
No, I mean, it, it, yeah. it, it makes yeah. complete sense. I'm not disagreeing with anybody here. There's a reason why they spent $7.5 billion. But <laughs> the last point that I'll, I'll make, and you guys can, can rebut me all you want. Oh, we will. The last point that I'll make is that do you really think Microsoft will, at that point, whenever in 2025, when uh, uh, Elder Scrolls Six actually comes out, do you really think that they won't have an install base big enough to not have an exclusive deal for Elder Scrolls. I don't think it's going to matter whether or not their install base is big enough. I think I think, it does. I think they are going to be gunning as hard as they can for as much exclusivity, not necessarily around Xbox, but on Microsoft as a brand and Game Pass as their leading thing. If they are trying to win the exclusivity battle... They're not trying to win the exclusivity battle. They're trying to win the cloud gaming battle before yeah, it even exactly. starts. PlayStation isn't even playing yeah, in that Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They're sandbox. doing it before it even starts. That's why there's so much push on Game Pass. That's the real that's the real thing that we need to start paying more attention to. Sony is falling behind on that regard. We've got Stadia. It's a joke. Yes, but we've got Stadia. Amazon's going to have Luna. Luna's still around. <laughs> there's Ouya. Um, but like, you know, going into it, the strongest right now is Game Pass. And right now it's not like it's a big deal, but it's not like it's not the most prevalent thing you think of when you think of Xbox. But in two years, fuck five years. Hell yeah. That's going to that's their leading thing. And if Sony doesn't start catching up, they're going to be left in the dust. And I think making Elder Scrolls an exclusive and tying it that closely to Game Pass will be the final nail in that coffin. If Sony doesn't catch up. I concur. Like that's word for word. I completely agree. That doesn't happen very often. <laughs> Give me a minute. I have to be excited about that. Okay. I completely disagree, but this is a conversation for another time. I think we should have like a Game Pass episode, like 100%. We should just double I mean, we're on directionless on this episode. Let's just do it no, right no, now. No, 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 no. We're not, we're not directionless. We, get, we have directions. We have one more thing to get to, and then we're okay. going to get to our topic. And that one more thing I am going to ask Dan specifically to tell me about, because I am angry, and the internet is angry, and the only person who can answer for the crimes that we are speaking about is Dan. Dan, CD CD Projekt Red promised that they would not have crunch. And look what they're doing. Look at what they're doing, Dan. I don't appreciate this tone. (laughs) Like, I'm interrupting this whole thing to let you know I don't appreciate it because it is minimizing the very real consequences of these actions. But go on. No, I know, I know. Look at what they're doing, Dan. They have crunch. Yes, it's very much a real thing that has been going on since the beginning of gaming, since it's been um, such a big project. Mm, mm, okay. it, it, that's the thing. It's like everyone's very surprised that this happened. It's like the game has been delayed this many times. It's not a small game. It, there's going to be things. And it's like, well, either, you know, we get crunched or we delay it another year or however many uh, years till it gets finished 100% with all patches, all updates, and everything. Because even after development, you're still going to have people who have to crunch because there's going to be some game-breaking thing that's going to come out at some point. If the game was like Breath of the Wild, which could be produced over a weekend, you know, it wouldn't be an issue. <laughs> but it's, it's Cyberpunk 2077. The game is massive and um, complex. That's true. 
That's true. I mean, it, yeah, it sucks. And it, it was probably a mis- mistake to say, like, oh, we're not going to have crunch. But they did delay the game for almost a year to try and avoid it. Yeah, I like, actually. It's not like, yeah, well, it's not like that happened. I actually did want to speak to that. It was hubris, frankly, uh, for the uh, game director to be like, there will be no crunch. Well, what was what's I think people are missing what the outrage is. It's not that there's crunch. It's that he said there would be no no crunch and they were delaying the game a year to avoid crunch. So connecting those two things and then, hey, it turns out, actually, there is a lot of crunch and employees are not being given the option to. They are given the option. That's Um, not what. No, they're not given the they have to work six days a week. Yeah, there's there's been a lot of conflicting reports, but the most consistent has been that they're not given that option. Yes. It is either you work on this or you don't work. here. However, um, just to give credit where credit is due, um, the Polish government is a lot cooler, I guess, when it comes to overtime hours. Um, CD Projekt Red is forced legally to pay their employees for their overtime hours, whereas we in America are not. Yeah, which is which is fair. But I. Yeah, I yeah. just I, I wanted to make that clear that that was what the outrage was, was making a promise and then immediately breaking it and then trying to brush it off. Like, well, all games do this. And it's like, well, it shouldn't be an industry norm. You see, that's the problem. You see, that is the problem. Right, right. So it is an industry norm, but these things have been in production for so long that it's not like delay it. It's a fucking video game. We're all going to be fine if we have to wait another few months my guys, like it is just yeah. a video game. Dan, would you be fine if you had to wait a couple months? Yeah, I would be fine, but we can't underestimate the power of the winter launch. That's true. We've got well, okay, we've got winter twenty twenty one. It's not like there's fucking shit going we've on got this year new anyway. Consoles that are launching with new platforms for a whole new generation. People are going to move past the game itself if it launches at a later point again, going against the PS five. The Xbox Series X, a whole new bevy of titles that are all produced for next-gen gaming. The game won't sell as well. But hold on, is CD is Cyberpunk even coming out on PS5 this year? We don't know. Or Xbox Series it's, X. See, that's the uh, thing. It's going to be a free upgrade. Yeah, it's going to be a free upgrade. Yeah, but yes, when? But we don't know. Like that's I'm, the thing that confuses me is like there's this argument, but it's like I've only seen marketing on PS4 and Xbox One. And obviously yeah, PC, because that's but, what has been developed for. And no, if it and moves that's into the next thing. That's fine, but like that argument then doesn't hold water unless this game is releasing the same day or the same week on those consoles. I don't see this argument at all, and I haven't seen yeah. any of that, so I yeah, could be what wrong. What I'm saying is the market will move into a whole new level, a whole new tier, and we're talking about an old product. At some point. We're going to miss the holiday release. And I'm not saying any, this is the financial reasons, my guess, yeah, as yeah. to why they're pushing so hard. You're, you're not defending crunch. Within a, a holiday release before next-gen platforms, or at least around, before they take uh, hold of the market. Right. right. And that's just, that's financials. Those people need to get jobs. Yeah. And before this money needs to come back. Yeah, I mean... I see that, but what I'm Red saying doesn't produce that many games. But see, this is this is what I'm saying. Is I just looked it up, 
And the PS5 and Xbox One, Xbox Series X slash S versions aren't estimated to release until 2021. So at that point, yeah. why not just delay the game further? Like, like they did with Halo? Like they did with Halo. Like, I understand that they want to make their money back now. Like, I get it. I understand it. And I think that's a whole different conversation. But moving, it's like... Not. Huh? It's not, because it... it it's business that's part of what they need to keep running no i said it would be a whole different conversation and that would be a conversation real quick actually i just remembered i don't think they have a choice but to release it this year why because of the polish government and the loan that they got when they started development on this game they had an extension for that loan back in 2018 so mismanagement led to all these crunches and this Wow. Yeah, I mean, okay. So at that point, we just take the guillotine to CD Projekt Red, <laughs> and we bring out the producers and the head staff, and we it would make only them be not the game. It would only be the game director because you know the, the buck stops apparently with them. But um, yeah, I think that the Polish government is basically asking for their return, and their return investment will be split between two years um, when it comes out for uh, Xbox. Uh, uh, X and PS4, then it'll come again in uh, next year for Xbox uh, Series and PS5. But they just want their pound of flesh, and they're gonna get it. It's just so yeah, stupid. It needs to come out at this period. That's the problem. Like it could either come out and be buggy as to whatever the the reason for the delay is. And then reviews are going to kill it or it tries to get as good as it can before it launches. Yeah. Like I, the problem is like one thing they could do to at least write the ship a little would be to explain that there is a fundamental problem. The problem with that though is again, public perception because once you let a little air out, everyone blows up because they're like, Oh, the game's a mess. It's going to be trash. That's a I really mean, good metaphor. I, appreciate I mean, that. I feel like that's kind of the perception right now. I mean, just judging by how people are responding to things that have been coming out, like the the how the gangs are being treated and like all this, the delightful stereotypes that have been included. I've seen a few explosions on that, like right. just I beyond mean, like you have so much going, detail mm-hmm. on like washing hands in a sink. And yet the Chinese gang all wield katanas. I see. In- interesting yeah, this is choice. based off of a work that was actually done. Like, no, I, I understand. But what I'm saying is most people won't get that. So it's like I regardless whether you're not. Oh, it's based on this. It's like, well, they could have changed stuff. I'm sure they've changed things. Yeah, but I mean, I think people on the Internet are going to do what they do. Are those going to be the same people who purchased the game? Probably yes and no. So I do think that, relatively speaking, it's not I going just to think change. This game is going to suck. The game performs well and reviews well. I think it's just going to suck. It's going to be, be bad. It's going to be pretty good. I think it's going to be bad. I'm not going to lie. I'm I I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be like one of those those games that like it's okay, and like you don't hate playing it. Like you play it, it's fine, but like it's not going to be a Witcher. I just don't. I can't see it being a Witcher. And maybe I'll eat my own words in like a year. Um, 
but tbh i'd rather it not be a witcher but that's just me <laughs> i just mean in terms of yeah no, of I, I get what you mean gravity all right so uh i think that's it for our news section thank uh thanks everybody for uh, uh being so involved in that conversation why do our news sections always turn into debates they, they take a long time <laughs> especially, yeah especially these guys they, they take a long time uh so we're going to take one more break and we're going to come back with our topic of the week and that topic is top 10 things that we hated about this current generation i hope you guys are ready for let's see uh 10 20 30 40 uh 40 things <laughs> that we hated about this generation because that's what we're promising with the title top 10 things we hated we are 10 each okay we'll be back strap in <laughs> jesus hey remember when we agreed on a thing dan <laughs> hi i'm paul logan We've had a lot of fun on this podcast today, but I'm here to talk to you about something very important. Something that affects us all. Something you can help with. Healers. In the arms of the Did you know that over 2,000 hit points are lost every minute of every day? Well, it's true. That's equal to 10 Battlefield Engineers, 50 Player Unknowns Battlegrounds Combatants, or 2,000 Genjis, as he has, like, no health, dude. But with your help, we can fix this. Hiya! This is Tracer. <coughs> she needs your healing. <coughs> she understands that she can't always be right next to you as she is constantly running into the middle of the map without an escape plan. Last one, there's a rotten egg! But with your efforts, maybe, just maybe, she has a fighting chance. Yeah! You're a real lifesaver! And there are others just like her. This is XX Real Gamer 420XX, and he's been a real dick on the chat. But does he deserve less healing because he made a rude comment about your talent in the last match? No. And Ganja Kid 55110XX. Even though, clearly, he's too young to know what Ganja is, or even too young to own Battlefield 1. His shrill voice is calling for you to heal him, so he can run straight into the treads of an enemy tank and die literally seconds after you revive him. These players need you much more than you need them, but with your thoughtful donation of choosing the healer class, you can get a half-hearted thank you over the chat or a wave animation for your hard work in saving their new basses. So please, before you scroll immediately to Reaver because you think he looks the coolest, or before you choose the engineer class even though you have no idea what the wrench does and have never killed anyone with a shotgun, Think about choosing a medic, or any support class for that matter. Like, you know, Lucio. He has rollerblades, and that's pretty cool. With your tactful position in the corner of the point, or your stick to in running down a dumbass Hanzo that is way too far away from the team, you can save a life and win the match. We here 
at the Non-Player Character Podcast. Thank you. Welcome back, everybody, and it's time for our topic, which is the top 10 things we hate about this current generation, and we hope die in the next generation. So there's a lot of things that this generation brought us, and if you want to learn about what that what this generation has brought us, we do have an entire podcast episode dedicated to those things, and that was the last episode we did, and it was a fantastic episode, and I had a lot of fun, but this time, we're going negative, and we have a huge list. I mean, it is as long as my arm of things that just make us angry, <sighs> but we don't have time for all of it, so we're going to pick a few things that make us angry and uh, try and fill out the rest of the podcast with it. Who wants to go first? Dan, how about you? I want, I want to hear from you. What did you hate about this generation? Um, so one thing I actually, first thing that kind of came to my mind when we talked about this was uh, review bombing, actually. Oh. Um, well, it's not necessarily a thing that hasn't been around before the PS4 generation. I don't think it's been as prevalent in the games industry. It, it's been uh, more impactful in this generation than I think any other previous generation, for sure. Exactly. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, and I my issue with it generally is I understand it's an idea of getting your point across, but instead of actually being eloquent about it and like actually taking reviews for some level of credibility, you pretty much destroy what your voice is saying just to try and make a point, which again, it's no purpose because you're not actually supposedly stating what you want or what's good. You're literally just acting off of emotion, which kind of destroys the whole point of a review. Like, yeah, yeah, no, it it does. So uh, it's, review bombing is disgusting and gross. Um, I think in any form, um, it it shouldn't be as easy as it is to review bomb something. Uh, I I don't know what like Steam could do or Metacritic or the outlets. I don't know what they could do to curtail the uh, review bomb scourge. Um, oh, that's actually kind of easy. Um, okay, Dan, so if, go for it, yeah. Um, so there's N4G, another gaming website, um, uses a kind of a tool that basically it's, uh, you have to have a history with the website before you can start like posting stuff and you get more and more rights to actually put things in public view once you've kind of accredited yourself. Right. Um, if they did the like, same approach with uh, Metacritic and that way people who were actually criti- uh, critics towards games would actually get their voices being a little bit stronger or adding a little bit more weight to their points. I know it's the same slippery slope of going, you know, critics that are paid versus, you know, the home, you know, couch critic, but it would curtail a bit of the, um, account spamming. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you think steam could do the same thing? Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's generally a good idea to, um, have some level of um, credibility to your reviews. I mean, Amazon could do the same thing too. Like the paid <laughs> reviews concept is a, an issue when anyone can do it and they don't have to have any sort of validity behind their username. Because it, it's not about the person, but that name itself has to have weight, which is, has to be determined by its history. I don't want Amazon to change their review process because then we wouldn't get amazing reviews for 
butt plugs and things like I yeah, but no see that person could be accredited for being funny as hell <laughs> that's okay all right all right good point good point um I think steam don't they have or didn't they discuss like putting in place that you have to have played the game for a certain amount of time before you leave a review yeah I think that's what they did to kind of avoid the bomb the the um, review bombing it was it was either steam or another platform that did it right sworn it was steam though it but you have steam. to play oh okay yeah yeah i think it, i think it's two and a half hours the problem is um you are able to review a game before it comes out oh that's weird why would right. you do that so <laughs> it, it it basically like you know the problem it's won't exist <laughs> right the problem won't exist if the game is already out um but that brings up the question of like uh, uh, review uh, embargoes and things like that um, where people aren't allowed to review a game until it's out. And I think that it's it's sort of a sad thing to think about, but Dan, your idea would work 100%. The problem is no one is going to implement it because, I don't know, it's too hard or uh, something. This or, is an infringement on right. my First Amendment rights right. as and, an American. And, and so the thing that we will get more and more often, and I think EA is sort of the, the poster child for this, is uh, review embargoes, um, where you won't get any reviews from anybody until uh, a couple days before the, uh, the, the game comes out. You'll be able to search under the trailer uh, on YouTube in the comments and, and see how people are reacting to the game before it comes out. But, um, unless you want to delve into the cesspool that is the YouTube comment section, uh, review embargoes, I have a feeling will be more and more prevalent. Uh, and that, that's sort of sucky because review embargoes suck too, but that's a whole nother topic. Um, Okay, so uh, that that's a good one. That's a good one, Dan uh, Leonard. I want to hear you. What makes you angry? Because uh, you're you're a pretty pretty nice, even keel kind of guy. But uh, I know some things about this uh, generation. I'm sure pissed you off. So, what was it? Um, I didn't really have anything. I couldn't really think of anything that really pissed me off. Of course, Leonard, you're the nice one. Everybody knows it. You're the you're the kind one. You always have a nice thing to say when everybody else is being negative. <sighs> Just say he's boring and move on. <laughs> okay, Leonard. He's I don't better than that. playing the same game for about three to four years. Hey. Wait, don't you play that Dragon Ball game? Nope. Mm. What about the one on your phone? I thought you played that one. Nope. Don't know what you're talking about. I could go to your Twitter history right now and double check. I, I, I don't believe that's lies. Uh, it's fake news. Um, Alternative facts. I want to I wanna speak to my lawyer. <laughs> okay. 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 Leonard, you really, you don't, you don't have anything that uh, pisses you off? Anything maybe that like makes it's you. technically like, last gen, um, but I guess it's like two things. Okay. Uh, motion controls. <laughs> I hate, hate, no, actually, I did think of something. I hate the fact that the PlayStation 4 controllers have a speaker so that when you hear someone talk, it comes out of there. Like, I literally was playing my game, minding my own business, and all I just heard from GTA 5 was the N-word out of nowhere. And you want to know what happened? My mom looked at me and questioned what I was playing. I didn't know that happened. 
Yeah, it happens. Oh my it god! That's, when it's over the phone and everything. That's fucked up. That's gonna be a big fucking yikes and for me, dog. I hate, I hate, hate, hate motion controls. Like, if you give someone an option to turn it off, that is fine. Like, I have no gripe against it. But when you have someone do graffiti and act like their controller is a freaking graffiti <laughs> can and shake it all the time. Like, come on, man. Um, that was amazing. Okay. What are you talking about? Okay, so you shut up, Dan. <laughs> so you um, shut your mouth. What was I, you, Leonard? I think it was. I think it was Uncharted two or maybe one. Infamous. It was it? No, no, no. I, I'm talking about the 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 uh, uh, the flashlight where, where you had to shake it to. <laughs> Was that Last of Us? I can't remember. Okay, it was, oh, an, God, it was a Naughty Dog game. Yeah, that's not the thing. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Okay, so uh, the first time I did that, I was like, dude, this thing, that's awesome. That's amazing. By the third time I was doing it, I was like, this i this is so dumb this is the worst and dumbest thing ever and it made me so angry mandatory motion controls are the bane of video games existence unless you're talking about vr because it has to be mandatory but like no i i completely agree leonard it it's fuck oh uh breath of the wild had this problem and oh my god I, yes. Oh I my fucking goodness. The shrines. Yeah. Yeah. The, the shrines, shrines and the um uh, uh arrow a- aiming the arrow. I know you could turn it off, uh, but it took me a little while to realize you can turn it off. And so I was forced to like That was the first thing I had looked like, for. <laughs> like basically Same. like center myself and put uh the switch uh you know on my knees so I could like aim it just right. Uh, so annoying. I just want to add with this, um, it is actually a huge point of contention for the accessibility community um, because having motion controls like that, like it's a cute gimmick, I suppose. But when you don't give the player the option to turn it off, you're leaving out a portion of a community that is often left out in a lot of these things. And I think in going forward, game game developers need to be more conscious of that. There's yeah. literally no excuse for this no. anymore. No, not I was getting pretty tilted because I I shake involuntarily sometimes. Right. And yeah. uh, when I was playing Breath of the Wild, that was like, wow, I couldn't imagine playing this if I um, had, had disability. If okay, I had any okay. more mobility issues, yeah, like yeah. I would I would fucking just ooh. <laughs> <I was laughs> get tilted anyway, but even more tilted thinking about that. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, just wanted to add that. No, yeah. Uh, Were your hands also tilted? Yeah, yeah they had to be to make the fucking shrine turn. <laughs> yes. yes uh, Dan, do you agree? I know you do. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Dan. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, I'm going to go next. It's uh, it's just a simple thing that I think everybody uh, can agree with. Um, it's uh, loot boxes. And I know, I know, it's sort of uh, a, a thing that we've talked about a billion times before. Everybody talks about it all the goddamn time. But uh, my problem with it mainly is that um, the fourth or fifth episode of this podcast, we talked about loot boxes and uh, the potential that they had uh, to make games better and make games worse at the same time. But uh, Dan, our, our intrepid uh, finance reporter that he is, uh, came up with the solution. And the solution was to make games $80 or $70. That would offset the cost that the, uh, uh, or at least that would offset the profit that the game companies are making with uh, loot boxes. And it would either make loot boxes go away or make loot boxes not as important to play the game. 
So games are now $80 going forward and loot boxes are more than likely going to stick around. Uh, Dan, you promised me. You promised me that... It's 2021 yet, Paul. It's not (laughs) over. (laughs) You promised me that $80 would fix the problem and the problem is still here. Uh, Hey, hey, a Star Wars game launched without loot boxes. That progress. That's true. That's true. And it launched for uh, uh, forty bucks, fifty bucks, fifty bucks. Exactly. Yeah. See? Okay. All right. So it's it's not all over yet. But uh, yes, loot boxes are a serious problem, um, and uh, it's the one thing that has gained the attention of international law. Uh, so this is going to be an interesting conversation going forward for the next ten years of uh, the video game industry. Uh, about loot boxes, etc., and it's all FIFA's fault. We can all blame <laughs> FIFA, and I uh, would not le- uh, lose uh, a second of sleep if I just one whole one hundred percent wholeheartedly blamed FIFA. <clears throat> yeah. Yep. Katie, you're going to round us out because I know you have uh, <laughs> only one thing, right? One thing, I'm sure, uh, that you are so angry about. Oh, so, totally. Just so let's one. hear. Let's hear the one thing that you got. Uh, game of the years are stupid generally. <laughs> Unless God of War wins. Unless it's God of War. God, God of War deserved it. Um, no, I was thinking about this because at first I was like, well, if, I mean, obviously I'm going to bitch about Breath of the Wild. But then I was like, yeah, but like my big thing about that was it won game of the year. Why the fuck did it win game of the year over Horizon Zero Dawn? Then it got me thinking about another game that won game of the year that I will forever not understand. Dragon Age Inquisition is one of the worst <laughs> games I have ever played. I'm not kidding. I played it four different times. I played four different characters. I chose four different paths. And I went all in. I romanced everyone that I could, basically. I, I did it as often as I could. Side I, quests. Side quests. I, you know, whatever. Right. By the end of it, by the end of my third playthrough, I was like, this game just isn't very good. Like, it's just not good. Like, it's... <laughs> There are so many holes and all of those holes were made to try to cover up other holes that were made by the two previous games for some reason. Like, it's just bad. Right, And then I saw that it won Game of the Year over Dark Souls 2 and Bayonetta 2 and like... I'm sure if Kent was on the podcast, he would have a lot of words to say about what you just said. (laughs) I know. Well, I just don't understand it. Like, I just don't. I just don't get it. I feel like the games industry gets really blown away by flash and pomp more than they do by substance and story. And like, I do think when it comes down to it, like game, there are sometimes they get it right. Like, I do think God of War and Red Dead Redemption 2 are very much up there. And that was a hard choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Breath of the Wild and Horizon Zero Dawn are not even on the same level. And how fucking dare you? Right. How fucking dare you? I I completely (laughs) agree. Even though I couldn't, I I might be able to now, but I couldn't play uh, Horizon Zero Dawn when it came out because I'm colorblind. And there Mm -hmm. was a lot of amazing beautiful rich color in that game um that you just can't that see I, I just couldn't see <laughs> uh it, apparently it's better now apparently i should give it another shot mm-hmm. um but i'm waiting for ps5 because i'm hearing that it gets another upgrade on ps5 which is fantastic um but when i compare the gameplay and story of breath of the wild 
to Horizon Zero Dawn, there is not a competition. There's just none. And it is, it is depressing. It's upsetting. Uh, and we don't yeah, understand. Yeah. I just, and, I, and as I much, hate it. And as much as I uh, am made fun of constantly for wanting uh, God of War or uh, Red Dead Redemption to win over God of War, I do understand that, yeah, it was an incredibly hard decision yeah. uh, for the game industry to make. And uh, either way, they made the correct decision. But one year getting it right out of yeah. how many years we've yeah. had. Well, I mean, the- there was entitled Goose Game, so two years. <laughs> two years they got it right. <laughs> yeah, so um, it, I, I kind of, I kind of, because I've, I've never really been a movie guy, and so the Oscars really, I don't care about. Emmys I care about a lot more than the Oscars. Um, so I kind of feel now what the Oscar people feel when best picture goes to something that doesn't make any goddamn sense. Yeah. Um, and yeah, my household. Right, right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So like, uh, yeah, I, I get the game of the year sucks. Yeah. And, uh, Dan, I, I want to know because you used to work in gaming uh, journalism, um, and you love games so much and we all do, but, uh, he loves them the most. He loves them the most, apparently. Because he plays other games. We play. just we just play the same games <laughs> right, over right, and right. over. And uh, Dan, will Game of the Year ever go away? No. No. <laughs> just no. no. Never God. Will. God, no. No, I mean, no. It's the best marketing game, tool ever. Told you. Yeah. yeah. Every game will have a Game of the Year edition. Every Even if game... it's not Game of the Year? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's happened twice so that's I... true <laughs> destiny 2 game of the year edition this time we added more raids yeah oh yeah, god that would be amazing game of the year edition it doesn't mean it's the game of the year yeah <laughs> like for example red dead redemption 2 game of the year <laughs> edition oof, <laughs> oof. Yeah. Mm-hmm. oof. you know what uh, god of war did not have a game of the year edition <laughs> You know yeah, why? It didn't need one. Ooh, exactly. Oh, <laughs> burned. All right, all right. Well done. Um, so that was the only uh, single thing that you that pissed you off about last generation, right? No. No. Okay. Well, we have a little more time. So uh, what else? What else uh, pissed you off? Um. Um. Copycat games. Copycat games. I got so tired of copycat games. It was like oh, for like every. What? Oh, I don't know. There's this little game called Anthem. <laughs> 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 I forgot that existed. Right? Everybody did. Uh, I remembered it the other day. <laughs> oh yeah, Dan, you, you didn't. Know. Oh my God, I remember you on this podcast. Oh yeah, talking so much like, about the Destiny Killer. Oof, 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 oof. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I got really tired of that. Like it just. I mean, not just with, you know, the Destiny clones, because there were a few of them that were like, oh, no, we don't do Destiny. And it's like, OK, but that that's the same UI. Like, <laughs> it's the same UI. It's the same idea. It's the like, right. it's not, you know, the most innovative idea, but like strikes, raids, loot. Like, right, right. Well, that's that's a very Destiny thing. Like, right. you can't you can't really deny that. Um, but then you also have the Fortnite clones like, you know. Every game has a Fortnite clone. Um, And then you had like the Zelda clones, the Monster Hunter clones, like just everything has a fucking clone. And I hate it (laughs) a lot. And I think that's what makes like or or they have a gimmick that every game has to do. Like, I wish more games would do. Fuck. I wish more (laughs) games would do like, you know, the the no load screens like God of War does like obviously that's very hard to do but i wish they had it's more getting easier that. but no i see what you're saying yeah i wish they had more of those i wish there was like 
less emphasis on like, oh, cinematic experience. Because every game's got a fucking cinematic. <laughs> fucking Madden has a cinematic experience now. Like every game's got one. And I'm just so tired of copycat elements. Like it's there's not really as much emphasis on innovation as there is on like trying to one up each other. And that bothers me. And I wish there was more emphasis on innovation. Right. Because we haven't had very much innovation this generation. And that bothers me. No, I. Innovation's I, uh, hard. Yeah, yeah. Innovation is. is, Leonard, you're nailing it right on the head. But every generation before this has had something that completely changed the game. And for the life of me, I can't really think of anything. I will I will agree with you on that. But then when you think about it, too, because think about where we came from as gamers to now. We have become so, and this is something we say almost every episode, but we have become so fickle about what's innovative and not innovative, where it's like... I don't remember and, saying that ever. Like, like to give you an example, it's like, oh, well, guess what? With the new Unreal Engine 5, guess what you're going to see? Water graphics. They're going to be better. And guess what? Last last year, it was probably like, or last gen, it was probably what? Um, Hair physics. Air, air physics. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, it's like, yeah, we're trying to get closer to realism in a sense. But it's like, how about instead of sometimes doing a realistic thing? tried to do stylistic i don't know something different but even so i like even just this is proof to my argument where literally if i can't think of something who else is going to really think of so i uh, to to sort of speak to the other side of that very same coin leonard we do appreciate innovation even if it's the the smallest nugget of innovation yeah. but we appreciate de-innovation more sometimes and what i mean by that is <laughs> remakes and re-releases. Oh yeah, definitely. Like uh, Tony Hawk Pro Skater. Like Tony Hawk Pro Skater, one of the best-selling games of this year, and it is an almost ten-year-year-old game. Being Only ten? Yeah. Or being re-released. Or to be really given an another example, Skate Three. Yeah. Oh wait, that never <laughs> happened. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, this this generation has been mired by. Um, Non-innovation, innovation, and yeah. looking backwards for our innovation. Yeah, well, and I, I, I did want to point out, I do think they tried to make VR that big innovation. Like, I think they were, I mean, Steam <laughs> yeah. tried it too. Everyone tried it with VR, but the problem with VR is it's not accessible enough to make as much of an impact right. as they were yeah. hoping it would. And it also seems like they don't have enough of an investment towards it. Cause I mean, I feel like, I feel like what PlayStation did was like, Hey, we made VR. And then next year they're like, Oh yeah, this is going to be the next big thing. And then the year after that, it's like, okay, well it's, it's here, but yeah, everything, we, everything we got had two games. <laughs> yeah. Everything was the next big thing. I mean, but what I what I'm more thinking about is like like you know we had the motion controls you know X Xbox had multiplayer because let's be real that was their big innovative yeah. push. Um, PlayStation somebody, had story driven narratives. Yeah, PlayStation had the story driven narratives, but like each generation God, had its control. own defined thing. Or I guess I should say like each console, I guess. Yeah. But like this time, it's like you know Switch had I think Switch had the most innovation with the whole portable gaming console that portable actually slash. works oh yeah definitely yeah, yeah and yeah. i think you know but that said we expect that out of nintendo they always have something innovative yeah. they're on crack i swear to god yeah Those i swear to god fucking crazy but i don't know um but no it 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 makes sense and um it is something that i've been wanting to talk about on the on the show i just haven't been able to figure out a framing device 
um, about video game tropes, not story tropes, but mechanic tropes that are um, just prevalent and always there, uh, like reload always being triangle or Y, uh, things like that. Um, because those kinds of things, moving away from those kinds of things or examining those things in a different light, that is how innovation happens. Um, because there's only so many ways that ones and zeros, uh, can be placed on a screen and it is looking at how we place those ones and zeros on the screen, uh, that will actually create innovation. Uh, Dan, what, what is your opinion on innovation before we get out of here? Um, it's not profitable. <laughs> oh Christ! Here we go, Dan. Here he is. He waltzes in and he smacks the whole table over and he says, "There's no money in it, so fuck off." Dan, explain yourself. Well, people buy what's familiar to them uh, because they know they'll like it, and if you make something new, they don't know if they'll like it. The Nintendo Wii, the Nintendo Switch, the Nintendo Wii U. Yeah, but it's Nintendo. Yeah, but it's nothing new. You. How many times have they made Zelda? How many times have they made Mario? It's... <laughs> so Nintendo wins their innovation through uh, not hardware and not yeah. innovating. Yeah, that's what I mean, else. though. Like, yeah. I I agree with you. Like, innovation. Oh, okay, okay. Like, okay, yeah, okay. no, what I mean is like, is, like, you know, the Nintendo systems, like, as far as, like, systems and innovation, whereas all the innovation that, quote unquote innovation we've seen have been like ultra realistic graphics and it's like yeah I've seen this yeah I've seen this I see this every year I see this every other month like I get it it's beautiful maybe that's why I'm not excited for cyberpunk because that's the most emphasis I see every time they showcase it like look how realistic it's like cool I get it that's impressive it is don't get me wrong but like where's the game plan I, I wanted something else I wanted I get you <laughs> I need more <laughs> I get you I get you uh, Dan, you are 100% right, and it always pisses me off when you're 100% right, uh, because that means that uh, innovation will be incredibly slow going, uh, and uh, it's all because of money. And the only place we really see innovation, even though it's tapered off in the past year or so, um, is the indie scene. And we've said this 100 times before. Uh, if you want to steal a, a gameplay mechanic for your AAA game, look at an indie game and steal their best mechanic. Uh, and oh my God. there's your innovation, like oh straight God. up. True that. Guys, yeah. the most innovative games that have come out this entire generation have been low graphics or minimalistic graphics, bean people fighting to be king of the hill. <laughs> or last one standing. Yep. Christ, that is sad. Okay, <laughs> it's not so, sad. That's badass. Yeah, like, well, more bean people. <laughs> so we're going to end the podcast there. Katie, I know you have a thousand things that you would like to say. I've actually um, run out. Okay. Well, that's perfect. Uh, but uh, yeah, we got we to gotta cut the uh, episode short. Uh, I'm really glad that everyone here was able to come on the show and uh, be a part of this. Um, it's, it's always fantastic. Uh, when we have uh, the whole crew here, except for Kent, um, discussing things that we all care about. Uh, before we go, however, you can actually at last find us on uh, Sti- uh, uh, not Stitcher, but uh, <laughs> what was that? Uh, Spotify. You can finally find us on Spotify. Woo-hoo! Are we on Spotify? Give, yes, we are. You can give us we reviews on Spotify. 
Um, you can make it uh, uh, fantastic and, and happy and tell all your friends about it, and it'll be great. Um, if you want to do that, you can also find uh, an, another fantastic show that I love talking about, and that is Dazed and Disturbed. Dazed and Disturbed uh, every other week comes out with weird and crazy things around the world that everybody should know about. Um, next week, uh, he's going to be talking uh, about, um, I, I can't remember, it's, it's SCB or something. I can't remember what it is, but it is uh, very creepy and very weird. But the week after that, the week of Halloween, he might be interviewing a real-life witch. So I hope you guys tune in for that. And, of course, I don't even have to say it because it is the most popular show that Silver Tongue Audio puts out. Midnight in the Bay every single Monday night. I hope you guys enjoy that uh, and follow him on Twitter at NotYourFavoriteComic. Uh, it is uh, a good follow. It's a good follow. He's a funny guy, especially during these times. Uh, so uh, as I say at the end of uh, every podcast episode, uh, until next game, everybody, until next game. Oh, I hate here. Why is it so loud? Oh, my God. Is it getting louder? Anyone still there? Yes. How do we get out of here? Make sure y'all vote. Yeah, we should vote. Go vote. Silver Tongue Audio.